It's time for an episode of Give Me an Example. Here's your host, Chris Turner. Thank you. Thank you very much. And welcome to another round of Give Me an Example. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and joining me are our contestants, Ryan North. How are you, Ryan? I'm great, Chris. How are you? I'm well. And also, Kayla North. Kayla, how are you? <laughs> a dollar. I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna. Sorry. I'm gonna bet a dollar. <laughs> I'm. I'm doing great, Chris. That is the most hysterical introduction ever. Well, I'm going for the big game show host here. <laughs> this is, after all, round four of Give Me an Example. The only tragedy in this moment is that nobody else gets to see the look on your face when you're doing game show host voice. But you know what? I have the memory forever now, and so I'm eternally grateful for oh that. Oh my goodness I'm so gracious. glad I could provide that for you. Maybe, I, maybe I should just be Facebook live in your face while we're doing this. Well, you should have thought about that five minutes okay, ago. Because he's know, not going to do it over again. <laughs> Moving on. And I did not know he was going to do that, which made me laugh hysterically when he started. So I'm going to try and compose myself so I can actually speak. Thank you, Caleb. Thanks. So welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. And yes, we're going to do another round of Give Me an Example. So are you guys ready? Ready. Priority. Question number one. Give me an example of repairing your mistakes. I can do this one. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, have, I don't need to. <laughs> you, so, you don't make mistakes. Uh, I don't. I just, you know, I'm let Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> How do we need to chime in? Like say our name? Or just say, I'll take it, like Kayla oh. did. Yeah. But what if see? it's actually contentious and we both want it? No. We'll You're just to... going to say ladies first and I'm going to get it anyways. What we can do then is you can each answer and I will decide who has the better answer. Ooh. I like that game. I don't like that game. Cause, yeah, because the last time we played it that way, you lost. That's probably why I don't like it. <laughs> I know but that's I why can, I don't like I it. I can tell you how to repair a mistake because this was something I had to actually learn. Um, I was not very good at repairing mistakes and so repairing mistakes at our house this is kind of how it goes um well first we start with a lot of modeling so we have modeled to our kids how to repair mistakes Mm. um by repairing with one another and repairing with our kids and so what we'll say is let's say you know maybe i lost my cool and i yelled at my kids yeah which happens from time to time just just from time to time yeah so i I yelled at one of my kids for something. And so I would come to them and I would say, I am so sorry that I yelled at you. That was not an okay way to handle my frustration. So would you please forgive me for yelling at you? And then I don't expect them to say, oh, it was okay. It's okay, mommy. Mm. Right. Because it's not okay that I yelled at them. Right. And so if I say, I'm so sorry that I yelled at you, they can say, thank you or whatever. So we kind of have, have come up with a, um, here's how you do this kind of a model for them Mm. so that now our kids even can come back and they know how to do it. They can repair with one another and they can repair, um, when they make mistakes too. You know, I was reading something just the other day about forgiveness and I'm not sure who it was a Twitter thread Uh from someone I follow on there. And I'm not, sure who it was offhand otherwise i'd give them the credit but one of the things that stuck out with me was when you ask someone for forgiveness or when someone's asking you for forgiveness you should never ever say 
oh, it's okay. Yeah. Because that subliminally kind of reinforces to that person that wronging you is okay. Yeah. When it's not. Yeah. The response should always be, I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah, That's how we kind of model it for the kids because their reaction is to say, oh, I'm I'm sorry that I yelled at you, whatever. Mm. Oh, that's okay. Because that's how we we train train kids. And we've told our kids, no, you don't have to say it's okay because it's not okay to yell at you. Right. You can say thank you. Yeah. You can say thank you, yeah. which is was really difficult, um, especially if you're the person who had to apologize. Because if you're not routinely routinely apologizing to your kids, um, that is a steep hill to climb. Mm-hmm. That that mountain starts steep and shallows uh, and and levels off. It doesn't start level and get steeper. Because I remember when we like really made the commitment to apologize to our children when we had wronged them. It takes a big deep breath when you need to look at a four-year-old in the eye and tell them that you're sorry for what you yelled and then ask and then seek their forgiveness. Yeah. They, um, that was really, really hard for me. Um, but, you know, we, we had to do it because it models the right behavior for them, but it also uh, coaches us on doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I give a little plug? Sure. So, um, so we've been writing um, weekly parenting tips. And if you want to sign up for those, you can go to onebighappyhome.com and the little screen thing will pop up and you can give us your email address and get like a weekly email parenting tip. And so the one from this week was repair your mistakes. So um, I think it's kind of cool that you wanted to. Um, yeah, that was completely unplanned. Yes, because I asked you if you read it, uh, the weekly parenting, even though I know you get it emailed right in your inbox, you said, well, I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is also true. Which is the diplomatic way of saying no. <laughs> um, but but I was just, I just opened up the post and, you know, and this is how I ended it. When we sincerely and humbly repair our mistakes, so we are retraining our brains and coaching our kids by modeling right behavior. There are few greater lessons we can model for our kids than taking responsibility for our actions, humbly apologizing and seeking forgiveness. Yep. Because that's the part that's so so crucial to me is this idea of taking responsibility for your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can get past a lot with people who will say, you know what, I did that. Mm-hmm. I really struggle with people who do try to blame everybody else or blame you or blame their circumstances. Um, so part of that for us is so crucial in that we're modeling Humility uh, and accountability, yeah. which I think is just really, really beautiful lessons to teach our kids. This, to me, too, is one of those tools that seems to incorporate all three things, right? It's, a, it's connecting because you're apologizing mm-hmm. and asking forgiveness. You're, it's modeling. Well, I, not really modeling. That's not the right word. It, it's correcting in the sense that if you have a child who, like you were just saying, Ryan, is never taking responsibility by modeling that behavior, you're correcting that behavior in yeah. them. Yep. Yeah. But you're and you're also empowering them because you're giving them a voice, right? Right. And how they respond to you, and in the future when you screw up, or I'm sorry, when they screw up, coming to you to ask for forgiveness. And it really does work that way. We had um, some of our kiddos who were really struggling with apologizing, and I know as a kid. We would always just say, sorry, mm. you know, that, w- that was how you apologized was, right. oh, sorry. And then you walk off, right? <laughs> Sometimes you really didn't mean it. And you didn't mean it. You just said, sorry, you because never if you didn't say it. sorry, no. It was just that you knew you had to do it. It right? just yeah. made sure that mom heard you say it. Uh-huh. Right. And so you would just say, sorry, and you weren't really sorry. And there was no real apology. 
And so when we started doing this with our kids, where we were modeling for them, we didn't require of them to say they were sorry. But what we did at first was we just modeled because we make mistakes enough times that they were getting good repetitions (laughs) of that on a daily basis, right? And so when we started modeling it for them, I will never forget the first time one of our kids came up and they had done something. Mm. And it wasn't right as soon as they did it. It was like they left, they thought about it, and they came back and they said, Mom, I'm really sorry that I didn't listen to you when you asked me to do X, Y, Z. Will you please forgive me? And I like wanted to start crying because Mm. I was so proud that I didn't have to say, you need to say you're sorry for that. That wasn't very nice. Or you didn't listen to me. Whatever it was. I I just remember that that feeling of just this joy and this pride of Mm. my child has seen us do that. And this child who would never apologize to anybody when we tried to force them to apologize mm. was able to then come up and say, I'm really sorry yeah. that I did that. Will you please forgive me? And so we've, we've modeled this. You don't just say, I'm sorry. You say, I'm sorry for, and you name what you did. Mm-hmm. And then you ask for forgiveness. And I think it, I think you're right in the connecting and the empowering. We're also empowering the person that was wronged mm. because they are then able to extend forgiveness to the person. And we've taught our kids too, that if you're not ready to say, I forgive you, you can take a minute. So it doesn't have to be, I'm really mad, but because they apologized, I have to say, I forgive you. Yeah, Because we don't want it to be transactional. Right. Right. We don't want them to just be like, I'm sorry I did this. We please forgive me. Yeah. Forgive you. And then go their separate ways. When you know there's not forgiveness going on. Yeah. So we've kind of taught them like, take a minute, you know, if I lose my temper and I yell at my kids, I usually have to walk away for a few minutes, take a deep breath, compose myself, realize uh, that was not the way I should have handled that, come back to them when I'm ready and apologize. And by that point, they've probably actually forgiven me. You know, they're able to be at a place where they actually forgive me. Yeah. There's so, I mean, there's so much to unpack, right? That, you know, knowing that if you apologize and their lid still flipped, giving them time to, 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 you know, be in the right state of mind and allowing you to be in the right emotional state. And just since it's complex. And I like that you said, you know, it gives them a voice because it allows them to know. And for some of our kids, when you start doing this apologizing and repairing your mistakes thing, they come to learn for sadly the first time in their lives that they matter, that their mm-hmm. thoughts matter, that their feelings matter, that they matter as a person, that they're valued. And that once and then they've been wronged and the, an adult came and repaired that because yep. a lot of them come from places where they were wronged in very um, harmful ways, physically or emotionally, by adults. And none of those adults ever took responsibility for that. And like you were saying, Kayla, the repairing your mistakes offers a chance for some lifelong memories. You know, yeah. in our family, we still talk about one of the first times one of our little guys apologized. He mm-hmm. could have been more than four and can't, couldn't say the whole word apology. Yeah. You know, he came up to Kelly and said, Mommy, do you accept my apology? So cute. It was so cute. And we still talk about it to yeah. this day. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen when you set that example for your kids. Well, and the flip of that's true, right? <clears throat> I grew up in a house where apologizing by adults to children did not happen. Hmm. And um, I remember one time 
about three years ago. My dad called me, and he and I got into a disagreement on the phone, and he just hung up. I don't really think about it much because we've had thousands of those interactions. Right. Um, but he called me about 30 minutes later and said he was sorry for the way the call went. And I uh, said, thank you, and hung up and dialed my wife. And, she, and I said, you never guess what's gonna, what happened. She said, what? I said, my dad called me to apologize. It was so infrequent that I can remember the two times that he's apologized to me in my life. Mm. I am so happy that my children cannot isolate the two times I've apologized. Yeah. And there's just this culture in our home, which is hard to get started, but I'm so pleased that there is actually this culture of taking accountability and uh, repairing because you know and now you know there, there is the sort of swung the other way because some of our other children will will not say he didn't say he was sorry like he didn't say he like he didn't take accountability she didn't take <laughs> accountability and so you kind of got to coach them back to the center a little bit and tell them you know Nobody likes self-righteous badgerers, <laughs> if that's a word. Badgerers? I'm not sure. That may be a made-up word. It's a word. Thank you, Christopher. He has a good vocabulary. So, well, This some... isn't buttering up to the judge. I'm just saying he has a good vocabulary. <laughs> I was going to say, so if he's siding with you on badgerer, he's well, probably not going to say that I won. I was going to say that based upon the answers I've received from both of you, you each get a point. Oh, good. <laughs> Because you were you were buttering up the judge. I was going to give him the point before he said I had a good vocabulary. Okay, just for the record. Uh, oh, she's like, you can't prove I'm gonna, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trust you on that one. I, I'm sorry, Senator. I have no recollection at this time. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Kayla personally, she's highly competitive. <laughs> I've Me? seen her make pe- I've seen her make people with like doctorates cry in <laughs> word games. <laughs> That's not a man. That's, I'll tell that story some other time. <laughs> so let's move on to question number two. Or I guess it's not really a question so much as it is a challenge. I like that. Challenge. Challenge. Challenge number two. Challenge accepted. Give me an example. Ryan. <laughs> you don't even know what it you is yet. You don't even know what it is. You have to listen. I'm just messing with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give me an example of encouraging and praising liberally. Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> but I went first last time. I was going to give you a chance. I was hoping one. I was hoping that during your answer I could figure out what those words meant. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll go first. That's silly because you're very good at these. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm not naturally good at these. Um, for me, in, in all of the parenting tools, the encouraging and praising liberally thing um, was probably one of the hardest things for me to, to um, that and taking play seriously were probably the two hardest for me because um, we all know if you're if you're instructing you're not playing you're coaching and so that was you know a little harder for me this was really really hard because um, I don't I I was raised in a home where you just you know there were certain things you were required to do and if you did them then you just met the standard you didn't really get any high fives yep. you were just doing what was supposed to be supposed to be done and so um, for me to find a way to to um, encourage you like when a four-year-old brings some bizarre drawing that you can't even make out <laughs> I was just thinking that a, a minute ago when you started your answer was like you know for parents with young kids yeah 
that's like the best time to, to, to work on this because they're going to bring you those drawings when you have no idea what's yeah. going on. And they're going to tell you all these things that are in it. And yes. you're going, yeah, I don't see And that I'm like all. turning it upside down. <laughs> right. like, right, like maybe if I look through the paper, it'll make sense. <laughs> if I unfocus my eyes. And <laughs> if I hold it really, really close and pull it away, really, maybe a wolf appears out of it. I don't know. But you know what? You can always find something positive to say to some, somebody. It looked like you tried really hard on that one, yeah. baby. Wow, you really drew a lot of lines on that paper. <laughs> because Your kids use of red was don't expressive. care. <laughs> All they hear is positive tone of voice, yep. happy smiling face, dad, mom, happy, boom, check boxes checked. So you can, <laughs> wow, you really must have gone through your closet to find that outfit. <laughs> what a great job, baby. What a great job, baby. That's it. Right, that is like my fallback because, because as Carol Dweck reminds us in uh, in the book Mindset, which um, I don't get any kickbacks on this, but I tell everybody I ever encounter to meet to read the book Mindset. She talks about in their research, and they've done the research from preschoolers to professionals and everybody in between, um, that if you will focus and encourage and praise the effort. Those children will be more successful when they become adults than if you will focus and encourage, uh, focus on and encourage their natural abilities. Mm. Like if you tell a kid, wow, you got your math right, you must be really, really smart. And then you tell another kid, wow, you got your math right because you worked really hard at it. The second kid has better outcomes as an adult. There's this research that's not tied to any of the stuff at all. And that's why I recommend that we read the book because she really, really makes a strong case for her encouraging a child mm. and encouraging their effort is much better for them than encouraging their abilities. Because if you encourage the abilities, when those abilities come up against a, a brick wall, the kid goes... They have nothing to fall back on. Yeah, they're like, well, I guess I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Mm. I'm out. But the kid whose efforts have been encouraged goes, okay, well, if I try, I, I, when I've encountered these things in the past and I've upped my effort, I can push through that. And so to me, that's the really, really great part about encouraging and praising liberally is that it does create some self-confidence in our babies mm. that need it so much because the entire narrative of their life has been, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't like you. I don't want you. I'm not even going to bother to feed you. And all of those things. And here comes this man who just says, good job, baby. Mm. And to me, those are three little words. But to the person who heard it, it was like water to a dying plant. That's really hard to follow. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm going to get any points. You're welcome, America. <laughs> it's funny, as you were talking, I actually was trying to think, like, what would be the one thing that I would say as an example for encouraging and praising liberally. And I would, I would say that you're, you're focused on the efforts. And as I was like typing that little note down to remember to say that you said that little thing from mindset about, about the effort. Right. And I was like, that is exactly, I mean, when I think about it, I think it's really easy to go, wow, you drew a really pretty picture. It's a, takes a little more, um, forethought. It takes a little mm. more intentionality to look at a picture and say, wow, I love how you blended those colors together. Mm -hmm. 
or wow, you used a lot of different colors or um, praising the effort instead of just the end result. Mm. Um, and I think it, it takes more intentionality, but like you said, in, in the research, it shows that those kids do so much better because they realize that their effort has paid off, that mm. they've worked really hard. They may not be naturally gifted at something, but over time, as they have begun to increase their effort, they've seen the payoff from, from that effort. So um, I always go back to the, the pictures that kids are drawing, but I think you can, you can encourage and praise in anything. So when our kids, maybe they're not, you know, they're not the best student, and so they don't come home with straight A's. Maybe they don't even come home with A's and B's. But you see they've come home and there's this one problem that they've struggled with long division for, you know, six weeks and they get it finally. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, you have worked so hard to le- learn that long division yeah. and see how that paid off on this problem right here. You got it. Mm. Nice job. Even though they failed the test. Mm-hmm right? They got that long division problem. So we're conquering little things with effort over time. And so I think that that's really the biggest thing with encouraging and praising liberally is just finding that effort. You can praise in everything they do. Good job using your words, mm, that's good right? One. Good job. Um, walking across the house instead of running. Right. I mean, there's, there's so many ways we can encourage our kids just in little moments all day long. And I think the, the, the real value in it is, you know, one of the things that I'd always believed as a parent is if the kids were running, you use your example, if they're running in the house, if I just told them enough times not to run in the house, or if I got that, let's be honest folks, the, the, I got it served up on a platter, they ran and they fell, and then they were crying. And, and now I've got the, I told you that this was gonna happen. This is why daddy told you not to run in the house. And before I understood about the you know, flipped lid, emotional state, connecting first, before I understood any of all of those things, that's what I used to say. Teachable moment. But what if we, instead of, don't run in the house, 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 because let's be honest, I'll say that 10,000 times and in 2018. Don't go to run in the house. And that's because yeah. that's what kids do. But what if every time they don't run in the house, I tell them, hey, great job walking. Great job walking nicely up the stairs. And those things, and people are like, that's just so silly. No, you praise what you want. Eh. And, and so, you're correcting at the same time. Yes, you were. <laughs> and basically we're letting them know, I am so proud of you right now because you chose to walk. Mm. And we think that's just so silly, that doesn't work. Well, you know what? We've been doing this for long enough that I will boldly tell you that it does work. You just have to hang in there. Well, and I think, you know, maybe your kid never does walk and you are constantly having to tell them not to run through the house or whatever. But instead of saying, don't run through the house, you say, oh, let's try that again. Go back and walk across the kitchen. And then guess what? You have an opportunity to praise right there. Yeah. Nice job walking through the kitchen. Nice job not, you know, nice job, whatever they're doing. Yeah. So you can use a redo, a moment of correction to give you a moment of praise and encouragement. I was going to say that clearly I'm the winner of that round until she threw that in. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. That, that that redeemed her answer. And oh, good. once again, I have to give you each a point for this answer. Well, seriously, surely so I should have won that. Tie. I should have swung it my way. We still have a we still have another challenge. 
One of you, one of you could swing for the fences and win the whole thing with this one. It'll be me. Okay, but but uh, sure. can I can I add a caveat? Sure. You should go. We only have two minutes to answer. Oh dear. All oh, right. Short, short answer, and, sweet, and you only huh? get to make a case yourself once, and then you're done. You don't get to comment again. Okay. Wow. I can do it. All right. I'm getting the stopwatch out right I think, now. I think that's a really great because clearly we've learned that brevity is not careless. No, wait, hold on. That's both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. This is challenge number three. Give me an example of responding to sensory processing needs. I got one. All right, Kayla, go. Okay, so often our kids will want to jump on things or like bounce off of things and it drives us bananas Mm. and what we want to say is stop jumping on the couch don't you know ram into your siblings or whatever but instead of just correcting what they're doing give them an outlet for that sensory need that they're seeking right so recognizing that when my kid is jumping on the couch they're seeking some sensory input so Maybe I don't want them jumping on the couch, but do I have something else they can jump on? Mm. Is there some, do you have a trampoline? Do you have an old mattress you can put down somewhere? Is there something that you can do to give your child an outlet for that sensory need that they're seeking that's more appropriate? Because I think the key is when we're responding to sensory processing is, yes, our kids doing something that's inappropriate is usually when we're like, that's not an appropriate way to do that, right? Um, but we can respond with giving them the appropriate thing to do, right? So if our kids are screaming at their siblings because, let's just say one of ours has some a lot of auditory sensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. And so siblings can be coughing. They're not doing it on purpose. Right. They it's, it's just, they're just coughing. They have right. allergies or whatever, and this child will be like, "Stop coughing!" Right, and it like freaks this kid out. Well, instead of like saying, "Would you stop screaming at your siblings?" Mm. We have noise canceling headphones, and we hand her some noise canceling headphones, and now all of a sudden the coughing is not quite as loud as it was before, and she's able to cope with the coughing and go to sleep or move on with the next activity without freaking out. That's it. Awesome. She comes in under time. All right. Well done, Kayla. Thank you. Well done, Kayla. Are you prepared for your response? I am, Senator. And go. So something we've said on this podcast over and over again is you need to be the world's leading expert in your children. And you need to know what they need. And so we have to know which ones of our children need the tactile input, we need the uh, proprioceptive, who needs the vestibular input. So we accommodate all of those things in our house. We have a swing that hugs you in <laughs> in downstairs, hanging from the ceiling. We have a trampoline in the backyard. We have one of those spiderweb swings in the tree in the front yard. Um, we go on walks, we have bicycles. They jump, they bounce, they swing. And so understanding um, that that our kids need sensory breaks and being proactive in that in the same way that you should set a timer for snacks if you're not in the habit. Uh, you know, the kids are homeschooled over here and I I took um, I took our youngest out for lunch today. She'd had a, a hard week, so, um, so I took her out for lunch. When I got back, the kids were not homeschooling. And normally I'd go, okay, aren't they supposed to be homeschooling? But uh, two of them were jumping on the trampoline in the backyard. 
because Kayla recognizes that unless I give them five minutes on the trampoline, I'm going to spend an hour trying to get them to sit still. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, don't ever, ever dig your heels in over five, you know, sacrifice an hour digging your heels in for a problem that could have been solved with five minutes of doing something that the children wanted to do. But here's an example of if the kids need some sensory input and they have to sit still, give them some bubble gum to chew. Yeah, yep. bubble gum yep. is a big player in our house. Right, because it gives yeah. them that deep tissue input. Um, make them have them do like chair massages. Kids are comp- and they're not massages, chair push ups. Kids are kids are really competitive. We do this in restaurants, and we have people tell us, "Wow, your kids are so behaved." We were actually <laughs> nervous when you sat down, but I just want to tell you that those kids are really, really well behaved. So, there's a couple of examples of uh, meeting that's the sensory needs in our kids. One fifty nine. I was looking at the stopwatch. Well done. Ooh. Thank you. He should Caleb. have only gotten a minute and 30 seconds because he got to prep the whole time I went. No, I'm just kidding. Caleb beat you by a second, though. That, that wasn't what the contest was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I feel like she laid the groundwork rather well that I have to give the point to okay. Kayla. In her surprising turn of events. Totally won that one. <laughs> Whatever. I know that the listeners know who really won that round. <laughs> yes, they do. They agree with Chris. As a matter of fact, when I post this, we're going to put a poll on Facebook. <laughs> do you agree with Christopher's Turner's arbitrary rulings? <laughs> this is Seems the great thing about, being, about being the judge. <laughs> now we're totally polling this thing on Facebook in, in the group. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, guys, thanks for being on and playing along. What a, once whatever. Again. <laughs> Kind of a sore loser, I isn't he? Thinking, you know? No, Yikes. I'm fine, really. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> for being so objective. <laughs> we aim to please. <laughs> I really am not a sore loser. My wife is wonderful and much better at this stuff than I am. I'll tell anybody that. So I'm actually surprised that I've beat her once, to be honest. Still going to pull the listeners, though. <laughs> Oh, well, in addition to responding to the poll once it goes online, if you have any questions related to this episode, if we didn't touch on something that you might want some more information about with these three parenting tools, please, please email them to us at info at onebighappyhome.com. If you think you can fit it into 200 characters, feel free to tweet it to us at One Big Happy Home. We also have a Facebook group just for podcast listeners, which is where that little poll is going to show up. So if you haven't joined already, search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Spotify. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate a review at any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thank you for listening. 